Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yo, what up, TCK Potters? It is your boy Sky back in the place, host of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Very excited to be here with you once again. Today I am rolling solo. Lucas is having the day off. Today he had some things come up, so we're going to fly without him today. But we are excited to bring back our good brother, Chris Benavides of the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast tomorrow to be breaking down the NFC East. Yesterday, you heard Lucas and Dwayne break down the NFC West. Today, I'm going to be breaking down the NFC North. And then on Thursday, we'll do the NFC South. Always a pleasure to be here with you today. I'm rocking the Kamish hat. If you don't have some of their swag, make sure to go get that. I'm also working on some TCK swag, so nothing yet, but it's on its way. Very excited about that. Once again, if you're just rolling in, Sky with the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, a.k.a. TCK Pod. Very excited to be here with you all and appreciate y'all diving in here with us, breaking down episode 249. So we got 250 right around the corner tomorrow. We're going to be breaking down. Chris Benavides will be jumping on with us for that tomorrow. Quick house cleaning. Make sure to check out all of the awesome Landry Football Networks on LandryFootball.com. That's high school football, college football, NFL, and fantasy football. We are your one-stop shop for fantasy football, all things fantasy. We have our draft guide still available at tckpod.com. The preseason guide only available for the next two weeks. We do have kickoffs coming up in just a few weeks. Once that happens, the preseason draft guide will be obsolete, but you can go get that right now on tckpod.com for just five bucks. We have an in-season package as well for another five bucks. And then we have both of those plus one-on-one coaching and the ability to have myself, Lucas, and or Dwayne uh, help you out with any of your drafts, any of your mid-season things, uh, scheduling issues, trades, anything that come up in your league, uh, DFS, best ball, whatever it may be. Uh, guillotine leagues, which are kind of fun. We haven't gone up over too much on this podcast, but those are fun. Starting to come around the corner here. Uh, Pick'ems, whatever it may be, we can help and kind of be your personal assistant, if you will, there. So if you're interested in getting the preseason, the midseason, or both of those, plus some extra one-on-one coaching, go to tckpod.com. Again, that's T-C-K, like Candlestick Kids, Pod. Com. For those of you listening on the TCK Networks on YouTube and or the podcast, come and join us over on Twitch. We've been doing this Twitch thing for a couple of weeks, Monday through Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, live every Monday through Thursday on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. We're very happy to be a part of this ever-expanding network. we got a lot of friends on the network. We've been making a lot of connections. We're very excited. Again, that's high school, college, NFL proper football, and everything fantasy football with yours truly, the TCK pod, and myself, Lucas, Dwayne, and the rest of our team. All right, y'all. Let's get into this. we got a lot of teams to cover here today. So, of course, we are breaking down the NFC North. So that is the Green Bay Packers, the Minnesota Vikings, Chicago Bears, and the Detroit Lions. So let's jump right into it here with the defending NFC North champion, Green Bay Packers. They were 13-3 and last year. I think one of the most surprising 13-3 and seasons maybe we've ever seen. Um, everybody knows I'm a, I'm a 49er guy. That's, that's my team. You can see my boy Frankie G behind me, but you can also see my other guy, Tay Adams. 
Um, very, very excited about the Packers this year. Last year was an interesting season. Um, Devontae, of course, missed five games. Aaron Rodgers was trying to catch his grips with uh, Matt LaFleur. Aaron Jones exploded onto the scene. Uh, their defense performed, I think, a lot better than most people thought it was going to. They end up pulling off 13 wins, end up getting in the playoffs, eventually getting spanked by the 49ers. But the Packers, I think, had a very impressive run last year. Now, let's talk fantasy, right? So we're looking at Aaron Rodgers, who interestingly is going as like a QB 12 to 14, depending on your rankings and settings uh, for your league. And I get it. I think the years of him being Aaron Rodgers are behind us. The upside I think is um, tempered nowadays in green Bay. That being said, Aaron Rodgers is still perennially one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. He is still going to be putting up bigger games. Now, is he going to be putting up, you know, 404 every week like he used to? Absolutely not. Um, We all know, and I'm not going to get into it too much here, but we know that the Packers did not go out and address the wide receiver position during the draft in arguably the best wide receiver draft class, certainly since 2014, but maybe ever, depending on how these guys turn out. But this draft class was absolutely insane. And the Packers didn't touch anybody. Instead, they bring in Jordan Love. Instead, they bring in A.J. Dillon and some other guys. Okay, we know that. So Tay Adams is basically alone. So I'll get to Tay's breakdown here in a second. But as far as Aaron Rodgers goes, I think that's it's a, it's a bit concerning to me. It's great for Devontae Adams, which I'll get to in a second. But it's concerning to me for Aaron Rodgers, and here's why. He's only got one bona fide weapon. I like Alan Lazard. We'll talk about the receivers in a little bit. Aaron Rodgers has basically only been playing with one bona fide receiver almost his entire career. He had a couple years there where he, he was able to have Jordy Nelson. He had Devontae Adams when he was coming up younger. He had James Jones. He's had a couple of decent, you know, tight ends skill-wise, but never like a clear number two, maybe outside of a year with Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, or um James Jones. So now he's basically rolling with one bona fide receiver, another young receiver and then a hodgepodge of whoever else ends up making the team. So him sitting at QB 12 to 14, I understand. I actually have him as my QB 12. Last year, I was one of those guys who was like, wow, we're getting value finally on Aaron Rodgers in the fifth round. And I drafted him every draft I could in the fourth or fifth round. And outside of a basically that one game against the uh, Raiders, I believe, when he went nuts, um, it was a disappointing season for Aaron Rodgers' standpoint. Now, he's not going to kill you with lack of yards, but again, he's averaging kind of like 302, you know, Russell Wilson numbers through the air, but not having the ground attack anymore with Aaron Rodgers. So I'm a little concerned about that. Lack of upside, great floor, lack of upside. If he's my QB two in a super flex league, I'm thrilled uh, because he will have those explosion games, especially at Lambeau, especially later in the season, especially if the the Packers remain in contention. But I don't think he's going to have the – weekly floor uh, combined with the ceiling. I think it's going to be kind of mellowed off with two or three bigger games throughout the season, which I'm not sure I want unless I punt the position all the way. And what's crazy with Aaron Rodgers right now and Matt Stafford, who we'll talk about in a little bit as well, what's crazy is you're able to get him in you know the 12th, 15th round. I mean, that's insane uh, when people, again, were spending second, third rounders on him last few years and then last year about the fifth round when I got him. So 
great value, I think, on Aaron Rodgers, but temper your expectations, although I still think he's a phenomenal quarterback. I just think he lacks the upside because there's not a lot of help outside of Devontae Adams. Moving on, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Jamal Williams, the running backs. Aaron Jones finishes the number two running back last year, okay? Less than 300 total PPR points, though. That's concerning because two years ago, when Saquon Barkley was the uh, number one um, or number two, I should say, with Christian McCaffrey, they both had well over 300 points. So if we put Aaron Jones in 2000 as the number two running back last year, if we put those same numbers in 2018, he actually would have been the running back five, and that was with 16 rushing touchdowns. All right, I just I don't see that happening again. Obviously, there's regression there. We talk about regression a lot in fantasy football. I think it's just clear that the yardage could be there. Um, it could actually potentially go up. The carries, I think, are going to probably flatline the touchdowns. There's no way. They go out, and as much as they spent you know, draft capital on Jordan Love, who's the long-term thought for the Packers there, no, no uh, harm to Aaron Rodgers in the near future, but certainly kind of a head shaker during the draft. They go out and get A.J. Dillon, beast from Boston College. Now, he's kind of that um, – Derek Henry comp, right? If you've been on Twitter, Instagram, you've seen the pictures of him out in the training camp with his short shorts and his massive Saquads, if you will. Dude's a truck, right? And I think he's going to be fantastic. We saw Derek Henry come in as a rookie from Alabama, just literally bigger than everybody else. All right. AJ Dillon is bigger than everybody else that he's competing with, even as a rookie. We saw, though, DeMarco Murray back in the day for you old timers out there in fantasy with his last couple of years in Tennessee, basically just keep uh, Derrick Henry on the bench. And all of us in fantasy were like, dude, why would you do that? Guy's an animal, right? But again, you have the veteran. He's used to the system, yada, yada. But he started kind of sniping from DeMarco Murray here and there. DeMarco got hurt. Derrick got more opportunity, broke off a few runs. They get rid of DeMarco Murray. Derrick Henry gets a full load. Now he's Derrick Henry. I see that happening with A.J. Dillon over the next two to three seasons. Aaron Jones is not DeMarco Murray at the time. I think Aaron Jones is mm, a different running back, not a power back. He's a kind of an elusive out-of-the-backfield back. He's going to have a lot of opportunities to score because the Packers should be able to move the ball with Aaron Rodgers. But different running backs. I think what could happen is that the Packers could lead with Aaron Jones as their every down back between the 20s. Right. So from like the 20 yard line to the 20 yard line. But once they get into the red zone, they like to use Jamal Williams for some reason. But if they get on the goal line, you know, maybe the five yard line, they might give a carry or a swing pass to Aaron Jones. Say he gets stuffed. Well, all of a sudden now it's second and two or something. Right. Aaron Rodgers already likes to throw the ball quite a bit in the end zone, in the red zone, I should say. Now we have A.J. Dillon. The guy's a bus, right? They could ride him a couple different tricks and uh, maybe get him in the red zone as well. So I do think he's going to snipe Aaron Jones quite a bit. Aaron Jones right now is basically going in the second round. I think he's great as your RB2. I don't want him as my RB1 personally, um, unless you're kind of looking to do one of those like hybrid um, zero RB methods where you go, uh, let's just say Michael Thomas and then um, – Aaron Jones falls to you in the back of the second round, and then you want to go with some other running backs or wide receivers. I get it. 
if you get value on them, but I'm not reaching for him and definitely not the first round, not the early to middle of the second round either. I just, I love the talent. I think he's fantastic. If they didn't bring in AJ Dillon, I would have loved Aaron Jones this year, but I do think that that's an issue and it's definitely something to consider because even if he's a rookie and AJ Dillon doesn't get a lot of carries, doesn't get a lot of touchdowns, anything that he gets is taking away from Aaron Jones. And last year we saw Aaron Jones put up like 74% of his fantasy points in those five games that Devontae Adams was out. Okay, so we're pacing Devontae Adams to be healthy for the entire season, which we have to assume for now that will happen. Aaron Jones is going to be great. He's going to be valuable. He's going to be an asset to your team. I don't want him as my number one running back unless I have a stud wide receiver and I can build around that. But I'm probably just going to end up passing on on Aaron Jones. Dynasty. Love A.J. Dillon, but you're going to probably have to sit on him for a year or two. Then Jamal Williams, undraftable, in my opinion, in every format. However, I think he's a sneaky second or third handcuff. He's not somebody I'm drafting, but we have seen if Aaron Jones gets hurt or misses time or just needs a change of pace, Jamal Williams isn't special, but he gets it done. And the Packers do like him. They kept him on the team. They keep getting him a role. So A.J. Dillon, Jamal Williams, if you have Aaron Jones, I would get at least one of those guys just in case as a handcuff. I wouldn't necessarily do both unless you have a big roster um, or it's dynasty or something. But uh, if you're going to go with, with one of those guys, I would, I, I would go with AJ Dillon, but I would definitely pick one of them. Let's move on to the receivers here. Devonte Adams, again, kind of a lone ranger here. Absolutely phenomenal last year. Second in points per game. Um, he basically was going to pace to be right behind uh, Michael Thomas with Chris Godwin as the number two wide receiver. He's been up to the last couple of years. I've mentioned in in multiple uh, podcasts recently in our wide receiver rankings episodes, he leads all wide receivers in touchdowns since 2016. He has missed a number of games, though. 11 games he's missed in the last four years. Don't like that, obviously. A big chunk of that was last year, five uh, five games with a turf toe. I think he's going to be fine. He did have a little bit of uh, hiccup in camp. But uh, I think he's fine. I think it was, you know, we hear a lot of these things this time of year. I think it's precautionary. These guys are just knocking the rust off, getting back out on the field. They step wrong. They get a little tweak here and there. I think it's it happens. Um, no serious injury, so we're going to ride Tay Adams. I have actually kind of gone back and forth between him being my number one wide receiver. As of right now, I do have Tay Adams as my number one wide receiver over Michael Thomas. In full PPR, I think it's probably still Michael Thomas, although I lean Devontae Adams just because I love the guy. But in half PPR and non-PPR, I definitely have Devontae Adams as my number one wide receiver. So if you're on the clock at like the ninth pick and they're both available, I would maybe consider Devontae Adams with Michael Thomas. Love Michael Thomas, but I think this might be the year that that Tay Adams gets well over 1,000 yards. He's the basically the main attraction in town, well over 1,000 yards, well over double-digit touchdowns. And, uh, you know, should have all the targets he can handle this year with Aaron Rodgers. So I like that a lot. Alan Lazard, again, showed flashes last year. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's a fun young talent. He's a nice dynasty stash. He will get work. He will get numbers because he's the bona fide number two. Geronimo Allison, who we were waiting for in fantasy circles, he's off in Detroit now. Uh, Equinamia St. Brown. You know, he's been getting a little bit of spark in, in practice. But, again, he's had a couple years to make it happen. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, we've been waiting for the last two years. We'll see if he comes through, but he's kind of losing traction uh, to Adam, uh, Alan Lazard. And they bring in Devin Funches, but then he then op- opts out due to uh, the coronavirus. So um, 
it's really Devonte Adams and Alan Lazard. I like both of those guys overall and where you can get Alan Lazard, which is basically the last round of your draft, maybe the 14th, 15th round. I think that's great value, but Devonte Adams is, is, that's my dog. I think that's where it's going to go through. Jimmy Graham ends up in Chicago. We'll talk about him in a minute, but Jay Sternberger coming up last year, uh, basically did nothing in the, in the regular season, ended up catching a touchdown against the 49ers in the postseason. Haven't seen much from him. The talent is there. A lot of people in fantasy circles are kind of raving about the uh, potential. I don't think it happens this year. I think um, he, he still needs to get rapport with Adam, uh, Adam Aaron Rodgers. I think it's going to have to wait maybe another year. Um, he's somebody that I would keep an eye on, you know, first two, three weeks, see how he vibes with the system. And if they're using him quite a bit, then maybe stash him on a deeper roster. But other than the random game where he's going to look at Devontae Adams and he's not open and he throws it to Sternberger instead for six touchdowns on the year. Cool. I think at the end of the season, he could be a top 18 tight end. I could definitely see that happening. That's not the type of tight end though, that you want on your roster. So I'm going to pass on uh, Jace Sternberger. All right. So that is the Packers. Um, Again, very interesting team for years. It's been get Aaron Rodgers, get Devontae Adams, get Jordy Nelson years ago, get whoever the running back is, even Eddie Lacy, who now is kind of the laughing stock of fantasy football, back-to-back, back-to-back running back six seasons here in in this offense with Aaron Rodgers. So Matt LaFleur is a little bit different. He's going to want a committee. We know that. But I think Aaron Rodgers still has enough say to uh, make it happen the way that he wants. And what he wants is to throw the ball. So I do like Aaron Rodgers still, and you're getting the best value you've ever got on him because, frankly, if he doesn't work out and he stinks – you can cut him at this point and not worry about it. I don't want to cut him as my fifth round pick, but as my 12th round pick, even my 10th round pick, I can cut Aaron Rodgers and I can look at somebody else to stream. But I like to have that if I punt quarterback in a one QB league all the way to the end, I might be able to get Aaron Rodgers for free. Okay, let's move on to the Minnesota Vikings. Finished 10 and 6 last year. They actually scored the most points in the division at 407 points. Of course, they come up and upset the Saints once again in the playoffs. Then they run into the buzzsaw 49ers as well, and the 49ers take care of business on them as well. We'll start at the top here. Kirk Cousins, I mean, just, you know, not sexy. Um, You know, I saw a stat the other day from Pro Football Focus that he and uh, Russell Wilson have the most uh, red zone touchdown passes uh, in the last two years, which I like that a lot. That has a lot to do with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard and his tight ends. I like that. Or I'm um, sorry, talking about uh, Carson Wentz. My apologies. Um, Kirk Cousins has a lot to do, excuse me, with Thielen and Diggs. Well, Thielen got hurt last year for six games. He was not himself when he came back. And at, uh, Stephon Diggs now ends up in Buffalo. So they bring in. Um, Justin Jefferson from LSU, I think he's going to be phenomenal long-term. He's going to step into a ton of targets, but I am a little bit concerned about the general camaraderie of this team. Dalvin Cook, who I love in general, is kind of ruffling feathers in Minnesota. He wants a contract. His agent wants a contract. The team won't budge. He's at training camp, but kind of not participating. It's just a weird feeling, right? So if somehow you're drafting (laughs) and this isn't, this isn't dealt with, I would maybe reach on Alexander Madison uh, a couple rounds. I mean, he's right now going in about the 10th. 
I would take Alexander Madison right now in the eighth because I've already got two or three running backs. I've already got two or three receivers. I'm looking at backups anyway. If anything happens with Dalvin Cook, injury or contract related, then all of a sudden we are able to look at Alexander Madison as a bona fide top 10 running back, at least maybe top five. So you can get him for free right now in drafts. I mean, even if he's an eighth round pick, I mean, I'll sit on it. And you know what? If Dalvin Cook comes back and Alexander Madison doesn't do much, you know, bummer. You you uh, picked him maybe unnecessarily, but I wouldn't say you wasted a pick because these are the type of picks that could be league winners. So I do like that pick there. If we look at him, Thielen, again, my concern is just, you know, it's age, turning 31 years old. He had a hip. He had a hamstring. He had an ankle last year. Um, he's been a machine, right? Over 1,000 yards the last couple of seasons. He's done a really great job. He has a great relationship with Kirk Cousins. I like to see that, but I am concerned that it might catch up to him this year. And Justin Jefferson, I think, is fun, and B.C. Johnson is fun, um, but they're younger guys. I don't think they're going to draw the same type of downfield pedigree and, and uh, attention that Stephon Diggs did. So they're going to double Adam Thielen instead. Why not? Why would you double a rookie, right? So I think my concern is that they're just not – Adam Thielen is not going to be able to run free the way that he has the last couple of years. He's a great route runner. He's a touchdown machine when he's healthy. Kirk Cousins trusts him. He looks for him. I like all those things. But going in the third round, I'll pass. If I can get him in the fourth or the fifth and he's my third receiver, great. I love the floor. couple of boom games. That's an awesome wide receiver three. I don't want him as my wide receiver one, maybe not even my wide receiver two. Justin Jefferson, again, in PPR leagues, give him a shout. He's going in the 12th, 14th round. Why not? You know, dynasty leagues, absolutely. Uh, Thielen's probably going to be gone or not as effective next year or the next year after that. And Justin Jefferson should, um, you know, step into that Stephon Diggs role if he's able to do that. Uh, I think he could be just fine. He was a magnet at LSU setting records uh, there as a slot receiver for the Tigers with Joe Burrow. So Justin Jefferson is going to be excellent. BC Johnson, kind of a long shot. And then with the tight ends here, it's all about Irv Smith. Um, Kyle Rudolph being there is just going to put a damper on when Irv Smith breaks out. It's not if, it's when for Irv Smith. And I think it may be another year. Now, Irv Smith should have better better um, stats this year than his rookie season just because it's it's you know another year in the system. But again, Kyle Rudolph is is still around, and I'm concerned that he's going to take away enough of that work for uh, a very athletic Irv Smith Jr. So again, not drafting Kyle Rudolph anywhere. If I were to go anywhere in a dynasty league, it would be Irv Smith, but I'm probably going to have to just wait it out. So, you know, Kirk Cousins, he's not sexy. He's got a nice floor. He's got a couple boom games. He'll throw for 400 a few weeks. He'll throw for four touchdowns a few weeks, but mostly it's going to be about 302. And, you know, again, fine floor, but that's Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, I could, I don't need to have that on my roster unless it's my QB three or, or uh, QB two, three or four in a super flex league in a single league. I'll pass Dalvin cook. I still have him top five because I believe he's going to play that's over Zeke Elliott in full PPR. Um, but if any of this hiccups, I mean, he's going to plummet down my rankings obviously. And therefore uh, Alexander Madison will get the boost. So Temper expectations with Cook for right now if you're drafting, but we only have two weeks left. I mean, decisions should be made here pretty soon. If Cook is ready to go, he gets his contract, or they kind of agree to disagree and figure this out on the way, 
I, I think Dalvin Cook's going to be just fine. Even after these injury, I know everyone's worried about the injuries. A lot of players get injured early in their career and they shake it off. I think he can be fine. I'm not worried about that so much as the contract stuff now, but I think he pulls off the contract stuff, stays healthy, and if he does that and gives you 14 games of Dalvin Cook, he's a top five running back, in my opinion, with one less weapon, with Stephon Diggs gone. Love Dalvin Cook. Anything gets funky, well, obviously audible then. All righty. Take a quick, quick sip here to hydrate. Man, water, underrated, right? Okay, we are going to jump into the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions. But before we do that, quick mid-episode intermission. Y'all know how we do. Tomorrow, make sure you tune in again, 6 to 7 Eastern PM time. We're going to have my buddy, friend of the podcast, Chris Benavides, and whomever else comes aboard from the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast. They'll be jumping on. We're going to talk about the NFC East. We hit them up every single Wednesday. Those guys are on with us. It's always a pleasure. We're also going to start having some more guests on the program as the season gets going here. You see Dwayne on Mondays. He's an integral part of the team at this point. He'll be involved. We got the commish crew. We got some other people who have participated in our draft guide. They'll be coming on to vouch for those teams that they wrote up on. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Again, if you're interested in the draft guide, tckpod.com, just five bucks for the preseason or the midseason draft guide. And then uh, another five bucks if you're interested in the one-on-one coaching from myself, Lucas, Dwayne, or the rest of our team. We also have a listener league that we would love your participation in. We have opened up two leagues worth of spots. That's 24 spots available. But I'll tell you right now, we dropped this last Monday. I've already filled up one league, and we're looking to get the other one filled probably by the end of this week. So if you're interested in joining our listener league, please reach out to us. DM on Instagram, fantasyfootball underscore TCKpod, on Twitter at TCK underscore pod, or you can reach out to us individually via Gmail. is fine as well, tckpod at gmail.com. Get a hold of us one way or another. Let us know you're interested. All we would like you to do is write an honest review on one of our channels, whether you listen to the podcast, YouTube, whatever it may be. Let us know what you like about the podcast and what we can maybe change to better the podcast. We'll get you enrolled into the uh, league and we'll uh, deal with everything else on the sidebar. So feel free to reach out. Again, we got a couple spots left. We'd love to have our listeners and followers involved. So if you or somebody you know would be interested in joining another league before we get going here, we'd appreciate it. It is a super flex league, meaning we're going to be having the option to play two quarterbacks if you'd like. We're also rolling with three IR spots, something that I think is interesting this year with COVID. So three IR spots, which will make for deeper rosters. And we are having no defense or kicker. So we're going to be focusing on quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. If you're interested in joining that, please, please hit us up via DM or on tckpod.com for the draft guide as well or the listener league also again shouts out to landry football thank you for having us on it's a blast every single time 249 episodes of the tck pod we're coming up on 20 with landry football 250 tomorrow for tck we're excited to be a part of the team so that's landryfootball.com you can catch us on twitch at twitch.tv slash uh chris landry football and you can catch all the different channels here right on landry football networks all right let's get back into this here we got the chicago bears coming up and then we will have the detroit lions after that so 
Man, the Chicago Bears. Uh, this is kind of a headache. I, I wanted Dwayne to jump on here with me because he's kind of the house Chicago Bears fan, um, but he was unable to make it today. He made it yesterday with Lucas, but Chicago Bears. Okay, there's the fantasy fornicator who, if you all know on, on Instagram, great dude. Uh, he did a great article for us in the draft guide about the Bears. He's a Chicago guy um, and is in tune with the franchise quite well he kind of went off on Mitch and Nick Foles in the, in the write-up and he's a fan of the bears. I'm going to just kind of save his sentiments and basically like totally agree. Right. I don't see how Nick Foles is, is significantly better than Mitch Trubisky. I just don't think he is period. I know that Nick Foles, you know, was able to strike gold in Philadelphia and bring home the championship against Brady and the Patriots, nonetheless on the Philly special. And it was fun and it was a heroic story and it was underdog this and underdog that. And it was, it was awesome. I'm not a, I'm not a fool's hater. I'm not an Eagles hater. I just think that he fell into a great situation with a great team and Carson Wentz would have done the exact same thing if he hadn't gotten hurt. But we look at years of Nick Foles in the regular season on multiple teams. He's never finished a full season with injuries. He's never been a backbone quarterback. He's never been somebody that you can think, hey, he's going to dominate for fantasy football. Years ago against the Raiders, I believe, he threw seven touchdowns in one game. Awesome. I think he's thrown about seven touchdowns total since then. I'm not interested in Nick Foles at all for the Bears. I'm also not involved in drafting Mitch Trubisky. I don't know who the starter is going to be. I think it's going to be Nick Foles because they have to kind of prove a point that they brought him in and try to spark a fire under Mitch Trubisky. But, I mean, they have they have a serious issue here in Chicago, right? I mean, they drafted Mitch Trubisky second overall trying to prove a point that this kid from North Carolina could get it done, passed up again, as everybody knows, on Mahomes. They passed up on Watson and everybody else. Big and Trubisky, he's been fun. He threw six touchdowns against the Buccaneers. I mean, he has some rushing floor. Um, I think he's, you know, he reminds me of like Big Ben uh, early in his career without the weapons. So I think Big Ben is a much better quarterback and always has been. But I think if Mitch had overall better weapons around him, I think he would be better off. I think the third year in this scheme is going with, you know, Nagy and uh, Allen Robinson and another year of Tariq Cohen and another year of David Montgomery. They bring in Jimmy Graham, who I don't think is amazing as a player anymore, but he brings in winning pedigree. He brings in veteran leadership. I think that matters a lot. They draft Cole Komet, um, kind of arguably the most well-rounded, professionally ready tight end. Um, so they let, you know, Trey Burton go. Uh, he's now with the Colts. So I think – you know, the Bears have potential here, but for fantasy, man, it's David Montgomery in the sixth round. I don't hate David Montgomery. I'm not super excited about him, though, either. I want to make sure if I draft David Montgomery, I meant to draft <laughs> David Montgomery. He falls to me, and it makes sense. I think he's got, you know, a nice rookie season, you know, 1,000 yards as a rookie season, solid. Um. I think he lacks a little bit of explosion. I think he's kind of a better pass catching Jordan Howard, but we saw Jordan Howard as a solid high end RB two for a couple of years in Chicago. If David Montgomery can be that guy and you're getting him in the sixth round, I think that's a win. He's not going to win you weeks, but I don't think he's going to lose you weeks either. They should be scoring more with Nick Foles with a healthy Anthony Miller with Allen Robinson another season. 
but I am concerned about this overall offense for fantasy. So I'm going to pass on the quarterbacks, period, no matter what. You know, super flexes is totally different, and maybe I'll grab him as my third, fourth quarterback if I have to, but I'm probably passing on those guys. David Montgomery, I like as my RB2, RB3 in the sixth round. Tariq Cohen is really interesting. I think he's a guy that I don't want, again, as my RB2. He'd be great as my RB3. But Tariq Cohen and even Dave Montgomery, I guess, are nice targets for the zero RB approach. Lucas and I have been talking more and more about the zero RB approach. Lucas went on to the commission FFP and had a discussion with Josh about zero RB. We've been mocking a lot zero RB just to see how it looks because everyone is going so running back heavy. So we've decided to go zero RB. If you do that, you get into the sixth, seventh round and you need a second running back. David Montgomery could be that guy. Tariq Cohen could be that guy. Pass catching back. I like that a lot. So in that case, I like it. Otherwise, I don't need – I mean, if Tariq Cohen's your fourth running back and you went RB heavy, cool. I'd rather grab like a high-end wide receiver three at that point, you know? So not excited about these guys, but if they fall to me in the sixth, seventh round, I would pick up both of them in, in PPR leagues. Wide receivers, Allen Robinson, I've had inside my top ten all summer long. This guy – is one of the best wide receivers pound for pound in the league. His issue is the quarterbacks. Okay. He played with Blake Bortles and then he played with Mitch Trubisky and now he gets Nick Foles ish. I don't know who's the best out of that bunch. I got to be perfectly honest. Blake Bortles for fantasy football and Mitch Trubisky for fantasy football, both very adequate quarterbacks. Nick Foles, meh, he could have a good game, could be horrendous. Not excited about any of this stuff. Allen Robinson himself can put up 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns on 100 catches. I think he can do that alone with bad quarterback play. So he's top 10 for me. The problem is drafting him. I'm excited about him as a player, and I I feel confident drafting him top 10. My issue is when I get to the mm, third round usually, let's say I have a top running back, a top receiver, or vice versa, whatever. I look at Allen Robinson, but then I look at Kenny Galladay, Mike Evans, you know, start looking down the board. I mean, Cooper Cup might be in that range. Uh, depending on how the draft falls, I might get Juju, Odell, Thielen, Woods, Ridley. There's so many options. And now I have Allen Robinson over almost all those guys. But when I look at them on a draft board, I have a really tough time pulling the trigger on Allen Robinson. I just do. And it's odd because I'm confident in him. I'm not confident in the overall system in Chicago. I'm not going to be drafting a lot of Allen Robinson. I got good friends in in the in our community here. Again, fantasy fornicator, Bears fan, loves Allen Robinson, rightfully so. Dwayne, Bears fan, loves Allen Robinson, rightfully so. Um, Mike Tagliere, loves Allen Robinson, rightfully so. You know, uh, I mean – you know, Adam Rank, same thing. Bears fans, right? Everybody loves this guy. I think he's awesome, but nobody trusts the team around him or the quarterbacks throwing him the ball. For me, that's an issue. All right. My good buddy, uh, Fantasy Limelight, who we've had on the program here, he's got Allen Robinson as one of his sleepers, even in like the third, fourth round, because he really believes in him. I believe in the talent. 
I don't like the situation. I said that a million times on this podcast. Allen Robinson is probably the guy at the very top of the pecking order where I'm going to look at him, I'm going to look at him, I'm going to look at him, and I'm going to pass. I like Allen Robinson a lot. I think he's got a great floor. I think he could have a huge ceiling. But if Nick Foles doesn't pan out and we get back to the Trubisky experiment, I think, you know, a 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns is certainly in the capability. But I think that's a floor, not a ceiling. And there's other guys in that realm that I think you get as your wide receiver two or three at that point that could potentially have a bigger, you know, a, a similar floor, but a larger ceiling. And so I'm going to take I'm going to take those guys over Allen Robinson. Next up, Anthony Miller. I think he's a great value late in drafts, round 10, earliest, 12th, probably more realistically. Anthony Miller had seven touchdowns as a rookie. He blew out his shoulder, came back. He was excellent down the stretch in the last five games, had another operation. The biggest issue with Anthony Miller is just staying healthy. If he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be a great compliment, which honestly helps Anthony Miller, of course, but I think that helps Allen Robinson, okay? If Anthony Miller can stay healthy and Allen Robinson can stay healthy and they're both on the field for a good 12 to 14 games, Allen Robinson should be top 10 easy. Anthony Miller could sneak into wide receiver three, even back in wide receiver two ability with his – he's a touchdown machine. He was at Memphis in college – continued to be so as a, as a rookie. And then last year was stunted with injury, but still he's, you know, great around the red zone, great route runner, big, you know, aggressive wide receiver. He's going to get it done. But again, I'm worried about the quarterbacks in general. So Anthony Miller, I'll take a flyer on, but I'm not excited to reach for him necessarily. Then we have the tight ends here. You know, again, Jimmy Graham, no, thank you. Streaming tight end. Maybe if he plays the worst tight end bunch, on defense for one week and you need a guy fine i'm not drafting him cole Komet, i'm not drafting either but keep an eye on him i think he is what he's what naggy wants naggy again worked with travis kelsey he worked with uh zach Ertz. he wants that move tight end he wants a tight end that could be a focal point of the offense they have not been able to find that in a couple of years in chicago Jimmy Graham might be that guy for the first four weeks. Then Cole Komet kind of gets to NFL speed. But we know in fantasy, rookie tight ends have a very, very tough time adapting. It's not the talent. But the reason that Rob Gronkowski and Evan Ingram and kind of O.J. Howard are the only you know, rookie tight ends to really get it done over the last decade is not because these rookie tight ends aren't talented and ready to go, but it's because they either don't stay healthy they don't become a focal point of the offense or they have an issue with all the other aspects of being a tight end. So that's picking up blocking schemes. That's picking up a full route tree. They're no longer bigger and faster and stronger than all of the guys covering them because NFL linebackers are monsters. So in college, you get guys who are just so much more dominant than the linebackers, cornerbacks, nickelbacks, DNs who are covering them and they dominate. In the NFL, everybody dominates. The worst player in the NFL is still one of the best players from college. Remember that, right? So I am not in a hurry to get Cole Komet in redraft. Tight end premium late, maybe. But I will take a shot on him in in rookie drafts because I do think in a year or two, which I do think you have to wait that long, he could really explode in this offense. And we do know that Nick Foles does feed the tight end, which we like. 
Mitch Trubisky, whatever. They're going to move on from one of these guys next year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I do like Cole Komet overall. I just am not excited to draft him right now. And Jimmy Graham, I'm going to pass on because there's just too many question marks there with the with the old, old history. Take a sip and we'll get into the Detroit Lions. Sorry to take my breaks here live on the air. I uh, don't have my co-host, so I got to get it in and talking talking straight for an hour can can uh, raw the raw the uh, esophagus a little bit. You know what I mean? All right, let's dive into the final team here for the NFC North, and that is the Detroit Lions. Man, the Detroit Lions had a sad season last year. They finished three twelve and one. They gave up the most points in the division by 110 more points than the Packers gave up, and they finished the season on a nine-game losing streak. Now, we know that a lot of that had to do with Matt Stafford going down in week eight, week nine, and Carrion Johnson going down once again. David Blau, Chase Daniel, not getting it done for the Lions. So... We have to look at this season with kind of a clear slate, if you will. Marvin Jones got hurt last year as well. TJ Hawkinson got hurt last year as well. So let's look at 2020 and see if we can kind of remedy this team and get excited about them again. Because the Lions is an NFL franchise, unfortunately, and I'm sorry to our Detroit listeners. I feel sorry for you. I just straight up feel bad for Lions fans, like actual Lions fans. I feel bad for you. Michigan is good in college. Michigan State is good in college in pretty much every in every state. I mean, the Pistons had their run, right? I mean, you have the Detroit Red Wings who have been a you know perennial powerhouse uh, in NHL forever as well. The Tigers had a couple runs, you know, met my Giants in the 2010 World Series. The Lions just haven't been able to get it done ever, frankly. And they've had great talents, obviously Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson. And now they have really good teams as well on paper, talent-wise. I think the Lions this year, of course, everybody has to stay healthy. I think the Lions could sneak a little bit. If this quarterback situation in Chicago doesn't work out and their defense is not as dominant as it was two years ago, I could see the Lions passing up the Bears. I really could. If either the Packers or the Vikings have quarterback trouble, somebody gets injured, whatever, I could see the Lions passing up one of those two as well. The issue with the Lions on paper, injuries aside, is that their defense has been pretty cleared out. Darius Slay goes to Philadelphia, great grab for the Eagles, not good for the Lions. They bring in Okuda, great rookie. On offense, we're looking at Matt Stafford. One of my favorite late round QBs outside of Matt or Matt Aaron Rodgers. We already talked about Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford's right with him. Round 10, round 12, depending on your league. Matt Stafford last year was on pace to be the number two fantasy quarterback in points per game behind um, Lamar Jackson with Dak Prescott. He got hurt in week nine. The Lions went 0 for the rest of the season. Fractured back. We've seen him play through things over the years. I think Matt Stafford's going to come back this year healthy. 
chip on his shoulder, something to prove. Great weapons, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Amendola, Quintez Cephas out of the draft, TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift out of the draft, Carrion Johnson-ish, even Bo Scarborough still around. I think the Lions could be a sneaky offense. I like Matt Stafford a lot. If I punt quarterback till the in single quarterback leagues, if I punt quarterback to the 10th, 11th, 12th round, I have no shame in going Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, back-to-back. Making sure I can just, you know, play them on their home games. Aaron Rodgers can go off at any time, but he's better at Lambeau. He's better, you know, inside when he can be with the elements. Matt Stafford is significantly better inside, right? So if I can play Matt Stafford for the Lions home games and play Aaron Rodgers for the Packers home games, I feel pretty good about that duo. Play matchups, of course. So if I waited that long and I went with Matt Stafford and Aaron Rodgers, my two quarterbacks in a single quarterback league, and I didn't have to pick them till the 10th, 12th round, I feel pretty good about that. Let's move on to Carryon Johnson. Right now, DeAndre Swift is going significantly ahead of Carryon Johnson, but I'll talk about Carryon out of respect as a veteran first. <clears throat> He's another guy I don't want to touch. I don't want to draft. He scares me. <laughs> I've been a Carryon lover. He was a my guy two years ago, or a gamer as we call them. He was a gamer of mine two years ago. I almost had him last year, but I couldn't really trust it. I had him as a comeback player last year. Kind of blew up on my face again because he didn't quite come back. Great talent. Sometimes these running backs just can't stay healthy. I'm going to give him another season because he's still young. But I'm not excited to get carry on Johnson. DeAndre Swift coming out of Georgia, beast. Dude's an every down back. I think he's a pass catcher. He's going to be just fine. And I think he can really, really do some work here. So I like DeAndre Swift. I don't want to, I'm not excited to draft him in redraft leagues because my concern is how much of this work is he actually going to get, right? Carry on Johnson's probably going to get the bulk of the work while he's healthy. And then he's maybe a third down scat back Swift. Eh. I can get those elsewhere later on in the draft that I'm I know will work out. Tariq Cohen, um, maybe even Kareem Hunt, um, you know, James White, obviously, you know, some of these other guys, Duke Johnson, even. I don't, I don't know. I love Swift the talent. I think he's gonna be great long term. Dynasty, I think he's a top five, you know, top eight pick. But I'm not reaching for him in in redraft. I just can't do it this year. PPR, maybe. If you're able to get him as like your fourth running back, fifth running back, and you can kind of wait it out, awesome. I would do that. I don't want him as my RB2. I don't want him as my RB3 where I'm going to have to bank on him when I know that when Carrion's healthy, he's going to get the bulk of the work and Swift will be a, a counterpart. Even if Carrion goes down, does Bo Scarborough come in, who played last year, basically like the poor man's LeGarrette Blunt for the Lions? That could happen. If that happens, Hunt or uh, Swift is still kind of a, a, a second fiddle and you're drafting him in the fifth round, sixth round. No, thank you. Move on to the wide receivers here. Kenny Galladay, just like Allen Robinson, man. He's been top top seven for me all summer, top 10 at least, all formats. I think he gets a little bit of a boost in non-PPR, actually, in half PPR than in full PPR because there's other guys around him that I think are going to get more receptions. But what he does with those receptions, his, his A dot is phenomenal. His targets in the red zone and in the end zone are phenomenal. Two years ago, 
He led the led the league in, in red zone targets. Love that. Again, Matt Stafford coming back healthy. They call him Baby Tron for a reason. You know, I think he has the potential to really do some damage in Detroit. But again, like Allen Robinson, I get him on the board and I'm looking in the late second, early third, late third round. And I go, okay, Kenny Galladay available, licking my chops. But then I'm like, mm, Mike Evans is there. You know, <laughs> I have other guys on the board that I might be a little bit more excited about. So I'm not going to fully fade Kenny Galladay if he comes to me. I think he'd be great. But in a full PPR league, I might look elsewhere just because, you know, he could he's he's good for 75, 80 catches, but he's not going to get 100. But he could get 12 to 1,400 yards, and he could get 10 to 12-plus touchdowns. So I love Kenny Galladay. But when push comes to shove and it comes down to, you know, your wide receiver one in the third round, I think Kenny Galladay is great. But – I might look at, you know, if Chris Godwin's still around. I might look at Nuke if he falls. He's been falling. I might look at Mike Evans, right? So I might look at Allen Robinson even, depending on the team makeup. So just be be a little bit weary there of, of Kenny Galladay. But love Kenny Galladay. I just think the efficiency is something that I'm a little bit nervous about. But while Matt Stafford was his quarterback, he was on pace again to be top five receiver. So got to love that. My guy is Marvin Jones. If you've been listening to this podcast, you've been listening to me talk about it for years. Marvin Jones is my dude. I draft him every single season in the ninth round, the 10th round, and people are just like, Marvin Jones, okay. Well, he gets hurt every year, but in the 10 games that he does play, he puts up 60, 70 receptions, he puts up 900 yards, and he puts up nine touchdowns. That's wide receiver three minimum. Back-end wide receiver two numbers, and I'm getting him in the ninth, 10th, 11th round. Love it. I'll take Marvin Jones every single time. To be honest with you, if I was guaranteed Marvin Jones in the ninth round, I'd probably pass on Kenny Galladay. I'll just throw that out there. There's more wide receivers around where Kenny Galladay is going to go that I'm interested in for the value, for the draft capital, than are around Marvin Jones for what I know that I can get out of Marvin Jones. Game-to-game -game comparison, Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay are almost identical. Marvin Jones leads him in a number of categories face-to-face. -face. Catches per game, yards per target, touchdowns per game, fantasy points per game. Again, they both have a little bit of trouble staying healthy, mainly Marvin Jones. But if they're both on the field and Matt Stafford's on the field, it's pick your poison. So I like Marvin Jones at the value about seven rounds later than Kenny Holiday. Last up, I mean, Danny Amendola, I guess, Quintus Cephas really quickly, deep PPR leagues. Maybe a dynasty stash for a Quintus Cephas. Danny Amendola is going to be simply a streamer during bye weeks in PPR. TJ Hawkinson, incredible week one. All of the TJ Hawkinson truthers last year had this. I told you so when he came out, posted 102 on his first game of the season. And then after that, he got injured. Didn't do much the rest of the season. Kind of flopped. I think he's going to be great in here too, but again, late round tight end. There's other guys with bigger upside, bigger floors, bigger upside. Mike Kosicki, Blake Jarwin, Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron, Jonu Smith. Plenty of guys I would rather have other than TJ Hawkinson. I'd rather have Noah Fant with all those weapons in, in Denver. I love the talent. It took a long time, a long time for Eric Ebron, who was – 
first round talent to get what he deserved in Detroit. And he didn't fully get it until he left Detroit and went to Indianapolis. I think TJ Hawkinson's great in a tight end premium league or as a tight end streamer on plus matchups. I think he's great and you can get him for free off the waivers. I'm not looking to draft him unless I'm in a deep league or there's reason to have multiple tight ends on my team. He's not my tight end one. I don't want him as my tight end two. There's other guys out there I'd rather have with a better floor and a better uh, ceiling until I see it. Now, could TJ come out and get 70 for, you know, 800 yards and eight touchdowns? 100%. And then next year we'll draft him as a top 12 tight end. That's how it goes every year. Those guys always pop up. But I want to see it before I actually invest in the draft capital because I didn't see it as a rookie. And we know that young tight ends take a while. So that is the Detroit Lions, and that is the NFC North. Breaking down the Packers, the Vikings, the Bears, and the Lions. Now, again, before I get out of here, I would love for you to go over and check us out on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. Please make sure to give us a follow on both of those. Chime into our DMs. Let us know if you're interested in joining the Listener League or if you're interested in getting the draft guide, we can get you hooked up there. I will DM you personally. I respond to all DMs. So if you hit us up with a message, I will get back with you. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. Chris of the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast is going to be tuning in again with the NFC East. We'll be breaking down the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Giants, and the Washington football franchise. So tune back for that. We'll be with Chris from the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure you go check them out. they got a great playbook. I'll let Chris kind of rep all his links tomorrow per usual. But great guys, good friends of ours. They're up on the East Coast. We're on the West Coast. Really, really nice uh, coast-to-coast relationship we've gained with those guys. So shouts out to them. Go rock some of their swag. Check them out. The Commish Fantasy Football Podcast. They have a great page, uh, great family dynamic over there. Check them out. He'll be on tomorrow for the NFC East. It's always a pleasure to be here on the Landry Football Networks. Tomorrow is episode 250 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. Again, go to tckpod.com for the draft guide or the listener league information. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter. You can make sure to leave a rate and review right here on Twitch. Smash that heart button to give us a follow. Give us a subscribe on YouTube and leave us a rate and review, please, anywhere you listen to your podcast. It's always a pleasure. Never a chore and a lot of fun. I love doing these solo episodes, but man, I have so much more fun when somebody else is on it with me. So we're excited to get Lucas back in the place next week. And we're excited to have Chris and the commission crew on tomorrow, which is going to wrap up our NFC team breakdowns. We'll catch you tomorrow again, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern right here on twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football. And for LandryFootball.com and the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, I am your host, Sky Guasco, and I am out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.